Hello. I don't do a formal intro with you. Yeah. Can we just talk? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? You don't make me feel special at all. You did oh such a God. great okay. episode with Ben and Ronnie. That was so funny. <laughs> and Ryan Bailey. Oh, my God. You. You're on a roll. No wonder you don't do an intro for me. <laughs> okay. You? Maybe you okay. do intros only for the bi-coastal guests. <laughs> Okay, actually, that's true because both Ryan and Ben and Ronnie are on other coasts, so that makes sense. <laughs> the Gulf Coast, the but West not Coast. Not the other coast, not the North and South of the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just a couple of hours away from Maryland. <laughs> oh. You know, there's a lot of people are people on uh, Housewife Twitter are too... You know, the pendulum has swung to the other side of <laughs> the cancel culture. And they're like, okay, fire Karen. Then another person comes up and says, fire Giselle and Robin. And I'm like, I don't want any of these Dota birds mm-hmm. fired. I don't want mm-hmm. any, not a single one of them. I want all of them to remain the same. I even want Charisse to remain as a friend of that who's always trying to get on the show, but doesn't get on the show. I just want her hanging around. Like a hangnail. I just want to raise <laughs> The way that in the beginning when like Andy goes up to Karen and he's like, are you, are you, are you okay? How do you feel about Sharice not being here? And she's like, it's fine. Lord knows you filmed her every <laughs> She's so quick. Puts her hand on Andy's shoulder and it felt like something Ray does. Like it felt like something she picked up from Ray. Like it just seemed like a, like an elderly man thing to do. It was a passive aggressive dig that she conveyed. She did it so smoothly and instantly too. I was like, oh my God. I love her. Uh, <laughs> not enough Karen, in my opinion. In I this don't know. This, this so entire far. season was not enough Karen, in my opinion. Even with the, I think even with the <laughs> show and everything, there wasn't enough Karen. I think they're gonna roll out Charisse see, uh, on part three. I think the way they're gonna do it is they're gonna do this. Then next week they're gonna continue with this group mm-hmm. and do roll that Robin footage, roll and that beautiful bring, Robin and footage. Bring, uh, no, and bring Chris out. I think they're going to wait to bring out Chris for, epi- for episode No, they're three. not going to have Sharice and Chris in the same episode. I think Chris <laughs> is going to be a big enough Oh, yeah, episode. you're right. You're right. He's going to be Sharice and then ja- Jacqueline. Sharice is going to be like halfway through the very last ep- last episode. They're going to be like suddenly look up and they're going to see Sharice standing in the wings. And they're like, oh, shit, we forgot to bring her in. Let's bring her in. She's going to come in her Mashimo shirt. <laughs> With her, with her brows running away like from her on face, her, on her little, uh, what is that called? Our <laughs> bone. <laughs> She's yes. like running circles in the parking lot. She's still waiting. Oh, <laughs> poor Cherie. <laughs> but that's how I imagine Cherie, and that's the po- that's the kind. That's how I want to remember Cherie. Yes. So I just don't want her to get the full housewife treatment. No. I uh, want, yeah, I want her to always be lurking on the sidelines. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, her very first scene, if you remember in Housewives history, if you remember her very first scene, was her picking up dog poop and saying, poopy. <laughs> I did not remember that, but if that's If you amazing. go back to the very first scene, she's like, let's go poopy. And she's, trying, well, she's letting her dog out in her backyard and picking poop. That's what it was. 
Well, speaking of that kind of like hilariousness, like this episode, this reunion, part one for Potomac, it opened up with a reasonably shady podcast. Mm -hmm. And then right after that finished, it cut to a pile of garbage on the streets of New York. Like, <laughs> like a garbage bags. And then, yes, and then was like two weeks earlier, it's 4 a.m. and there's the garbage not yet picked up. <laughs> It was like a long shot of garbage bags, like black bags. <laughs> like, so why funny. are we looking at the garbage? They could have no, shown the the sprint event, but no, no, no. no. I think that garbage. was intentional. I think that was intentional. I think they were being like, and this is what we think about your podcast, a pile of trash at 4 a.m. waiting to be picked up, okay? <laughs> Um, this reunion was really fun. Oh, it was I so love it, like you're talking about the pendulum swinging. I mean, we have been on I'm I'm sitting on top of one of the pendulums. Like I'm right? sitting I'm riding it like right. Miley Cyrus mm -hmm. on a wrecking we ball. We are the two of us are on <laughs> If you think about the pendulum thing with the five pendulums, we are in the yeah. center pendulum and we have we are sitting on it. So we are always at the center we're, of the pendulum. We're getting knocked back and forth. Yeah, we get knocked. But we are still in the center, okay? Yeah, we are. Because we are we were neither there or not nor here. We understood well, our you know, our assignment. I well, it, you know Candace is my favorite, but <sighs> <laughs> we'll get to her. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the topics that were discussed at this reunion. So you had initially we just right off the bat jump into all the relationships that these ladies are into. Ashley is dating our boyfriend. Our boyfriend G Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. Uh, well, apparently gives great advice Eason. on marriage advice. I don't sage <laughs> advice. Yes. Yeah, sage advice. I mean, I'm not you? surprised by that. Because like in the very short time that we spoke to Luke, he seems like a very like genuine person like i don't know maybe maybe that's like i'm like literally twirling my hair while i think about <laughs> luke from a year ago <laughs> like, the crappies by the way and crappies this week yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly a year ago oh my goodness yes yeah. and so the anniversary luke <laughs> Little does Luke and Ashley know. Mm -hmm. We've all been dating. Yeah. This entire time. Yeah. And then Andy congratulates Juan and <laughs> Karen lets out a large yawn. <laughs> Andy congratulates Robin. Juan isn't even showing up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I said Juan. Yeah. Yes, I meant Robin. They're interchangeable at this point for me. <laughs> Ron and Wobbin. Wobbin. <laughs> it was <laughs> Wobbin. Yeah. Wobbin. Um, and Wobbin. Um, yeah. Karen yeah. was like all of us. <laughs> She's like, okay, finally. Okay. Yes. Um, the first thing that we really dive into is Ashley's divorce. And we find out that Michael Darby has keys to her house. What do you think about that? I wanted to ask you what you think about that because... According to you, Ashley Darby is the perfect housewife. But how could a perfect housewife not, you know, make sure that her bag was secure? Listen, um, I think that the perfect housewife makes sure that there is still a, a troubling storyline for her to <laughs> carry on over the years. Now, if Ashley Darby had had secured a glorious, glorious bag, mm -hmm. right, and had all the things... Yes, she would have been better off. We would have been we would have gotten rid of Michael Darby once and for all, but 
Ashley is still so badly trying to suck on that gross Michael Darby crusty teat. At the end of her segment, she had to clarify that Michael is a good dad from one scene that she had right. at Uncle Lump's house talking about how Michael made the kids scream. Right. And like she was like, I just want to clarify that Michael is a very good how father. I'm like, damn, man. he really controls your oh, ass. That's yeah. sad. Yeah. You're not even getting any money from him. Right. He's helping you pay a $13,000 mortgage maybe sometimes. Like Robin said something like, all right, good. Here comes the child support, I guess. Like. She really got no alimony, nothing. And so, so she got nothing. She got the house. Again, he's paying for the house, but it's a Nico LLC. And she's going to have to negotiate her way out of that to get anything if the house ever sells. Do we know that she has the house? She says it's all mine. But what if selling it, she has signed some document that's going to say that it's all his and not hers? I don't think she read a single document. I this don't think she horrible. read anything. I don't think that in her – I don't even think that she has her own lawyer in this divorce. I think Michael wow. gave her a lawyer. Yeah. I think I think that she had – she went to that one lawyer that was like, yeah, I think it would be a bad idea for you to buy a house with your husband if you're trying to leave him. And she yeah. was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do exactly the opposite of this advice. This woman who I got some free time from because I put her on camera, mm-hmm. this advice she gave me. I mean, she's – she is – she's got <laughs> – Ashley's got a lot of gall, you know, like she's sitting up there talking about how she's got no money. She's this man is paying for her. She doesn't have a house in her name. And she has the audacity to say to Candace, when my children are 30, you best believe they'll have a home in their name. Babe, you don't have a home in your name. Right. Like and stop, you're like 36. Yeah, yeah. Ta- stop talking about your kids and what they're going to do 30 years from now. Instead, talk about yourself right now. Your, your TikToking days are numbered. I mean, there's not much you're going to do. <laughs> TikTok isn't going to last you forever. And you are not going to be making money out of that. How are you going to support yourself? You are no better than you were 10 years ago. It's Financially, really you're still in the same space. How, um, how, 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 how do you, how do you have such low self-worth that you would not step up and take care of yourself? I think Ashley likely has her entire life been able to get by by being a beautiful woman who has people pay for her stuff. Yeah, but that's not going to last forever. Right. But I don't think that people like that realize that until later on. And you know what, Arthi? Maybe you and I just don't know what it's like. So <laughs> maybe it never runs out. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't know. Maybe she no was already experience. like she broke up with Luke on uh, on Friday and she was already talking to somebody the next day. So according to her in the, you know. In the uh, yeah. you know when they were doing in, in during the break, she was talking to Giselle, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm already talking to somebody else." Yeah, but so then she was back. She just in, moves on. She but, was back in Minnesota, and then she was like on stage saying that she and Luke are in a situation. Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't go from Michael Darby and no money to Luke and no money again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she really just wishes that Karen was her friend. And instead, she if, of being able to be friends with a candle maven, she decided to try to date a candle maven. 
a candle and fragrance maven. And metal metal work. Don't forget his jewelry. Metal work. Yeah. Metal work would work. Woodworker. Yeah. He's an artist for and but he's gonna be a poor artist. So she's gonna be starving too. But you know, John's John C. Riley better come with the paternity with the with the child support soon because uh, Michael isn't yeah. paying up. No. Um somebody posted a picture of allegedly Ashley's father and this man looks exactly like Michael Darby. What? Allegedly. I thought you were going to say John C. Riley. No. <laughs> no. Because remember we were thinking that maybe it runs in our family and she, yes, the correct. baby has features from her I father thought that, maybe. I thought that John C. Riley was Ashley's dad but yeah. it's not. It's a man who looks just like Michael Darby. Oh wow. Wow. And- it just so the reason why Ashley I think is still a good housewife is because she has this um she's got this thing that like Mia also has and like Karen has too which is like th- like almost playing dumb but aggressively you know like it's like I will sit up here and prove to the world that I'm an actual idiot like they're like you didn't read the alimony like mm-hmm. you didn't read your prenup are you crazy and she's like yeah guys I just didn't read it. Like she just has this like charm almost about her because she'll say things where I'm like, you're not a smart person, but she still fights like she has sense. And I don't know, something about that is like a mind fuck, but it only works in housewives because like she's sitting there and she says something like, I don't know, when she's like fighting with Candace and stuff, like she sits up there and she's like, you know, Candace, like obviously that still is a really sensitive, touchy Mm -hmm. topic for you. Like she says it in this way that's like clearly a dig at Mm -hmm. Candace, but it's it only that kind of petty, mean bullshit only Mm -hmm. works really well when you're a housewife. Right. In real life, you get your ass beat for shit like that. The one part that was funny during the whole sad Ashley segment was um, watching Mia. Mm. Mia mm-hmm. was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mia was shocked that Ashley would have done what she did. Mia was like, nah, I I would not have signed it. She, uh, Mia was like, Ashley, you did it all wrong. You married this rich old, you know, goblin. And you didn't do it right. <laughs> you didn't get your yeah. money. Mia was so disappointed in that. Mia was like, she should have had a third child. <laughs> Mia said, you should have had a third child. When they're like, oh, Michael should must be pretty jealous that like you're out here dating somebody like Luke, doing TikToks, looking beautiful. And Mia was like, Michael Darby is fine. He's good. He's got the bag. Like, yeah. Mia is so transparent sitting up there. Like, no, she loves yeah. old dudes. They're like, you know, he like Andy asked Mia about like, do you still have threesomes, whatever, a monogamy and all that stuff? And Mia straight up says, like, if, if I allowed my husband to fuck other people when he when we met, then I should still allow him to fuck other people even though we're married. Yeah. And if I change that, then that's on me. Like, <laughs> Mia knows what she's doing with this <laughs> crusty old dude. <laughs> Except Mia doesn't understand business, so which is why the crusty old dude has lost all of his money. That's a whole other issue. But still say staying on the Ashley Darby thing, I was so happy for uh, Candace in that segment yes. to finally embrace the fact that she has generational wealth. Yes. She spelled it out. And I think it's important as a black woman to, first of all, not be embarrassed by it and to embrace it because... 
too many black people who have eventually gained generational wealth try not try to not play that up because they don't want to appear as snobs. They don't want to be yeah. equated with wealthy white people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for them to celebrate it. And I think Candace used to feel very conscious about it. And that's why she goes actually, to some extent, she goes out of her way to make sure that she's earning money and she's hardworking and she's making, she's getting her degrees and she's moving forward because she feels like she needs to show that she's quite capable of earning her own money. So yeah. even though she got a, she got a, a you know, a step up from, from her mother, she w- doesn't want to, you know, rest on those laurels. So she's working extra hard to achieve her own success. And I think she's always been on the, on the side of, because before she achieved the success, she was a little bit more defensive about her being wealthy. And I'm so happy to see her embrace it and celebrate it and say that, look, you made fun of me. You made me feel guilty about my generational wealth. And I hope when you are finally, you see through all the flowery shit that, yeah, you know, Michael has put on the documents that he's made you sign. At some point, your children get to uh, experience it too. Yes, it was beautiful. It, and it's doing... all, all the while putting down Ashley for being poor. <laughs> it was so nice. It was so nice. I was so proud of Candace. I was like, yeah, you're doing it. Candace is doing so good. At certain points, I did want Candace to shut the fuck up. I was yes. like, Candace, be quiet over there. Yeah. Like anytime Andy would say anything, she'd be like, mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, at, that's right. Oh, my and God. And when Wendy like, was going up, she was like, uh-huh. Mm, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So I'm glad that Wendy showed up to support Candace uh, and to be another voice of reason. I think Wendy and Candace have a lot in common. Candace comes from generational wealth and all of the complexes that she has. Um, and then Wendy comes as an immigrant. So she, she has, she has a whole bunch of different complexes as well. And so for them to be actually understanding each other is helpful because then you're seeing the full flavor of all the, all the types of women that you would see in the Potomac area, right? You see all of the people that come from different backgrounds and have different complexes and shit that they have to overcome in their own lives. And I think that is the beauty of this show and we shouldn't have to choose the sides at all. I think Candace can be, right and wrong at the same time and so can me and so can ashley so you know yeah um, it's okay it's okay to be you know like candace but then you know go a little far once in a while <laughs> that's what yes. keeps candace interesting yes candace is no saint and she's never claimed to be one so yes exactly now mia this whole mia segment i found so thoroughly entertaining i never want Mia to leave any reality TV because she is a grand liar. But more than that, she's a gigantic moron. And I think that that's a lovely combination because she's so stupid. Like she, so she she's starts like to talk Alexia about her health. and Teresa stupid. I really want to see all three of them go for coffee or okay, something. Okay, but I think that Alexia and Teresa are, they're stupid in a different way. Like Mia is also dumb, but Mia is like, you Smart know what, you, you know what, you're right. She is kind of the same, same energy. Yeah. But I just like don't have as much sympathy for them. Like mm-hmm. I have the most sympathy for Teresa yeah. and then Alexia. 
I don't really have that much sympathy for Mia because yeah, Mia is fine. She's an ass. Mia doesn't like, want to be there. She's, no, she's fine. Exactly. So let's talk about her health. They first talk about her health, and now we've gone from cancer to rash to a potential hysterectomy. <laughs> she's coming back to it. the way she went from. The way they were like, everybody's laughing. Everybody's saying, okay, we don't quite understand. Um, And I had missed the part where Ashley says, it's okay, I'll come with you on this journey. But then you're telling me I'm on the wrong train. I had missed that part. I hadn't seen it in the regular episode. Maybe it was not in the regular episode. I'm not quite sure. But that is certainly true about Mia. She went from leukemia, lymphoma, to sarcoidosis, to uh, a rash. And she went on a journey and she thought she was going to die and Gordon didn't think she was going to die, but she thought she was going to die. And she went on, she took that and ran with it. And, you know, I am appreciative of that. And then she came back and when Andy was pressing her, she couldn't finish telling us. Like she was like halfway through explaining what was going wrong with her. And then she paused, like she forgot her story. She paused and And adjusted her boobs, adjusted her mic, and she was like, oh, yeah, now I remember what happened, what what was the next thing I was going to say. And then slowly she pivoted it to, you know, it could, I'm taking medication, I do see some growth in my reproductive organs, and if it didn't resolve, then it would be a hysterectomy. Again, the fact that Andy said, uh, I'm sorry about, I'm I'm glad that you are cancer free. And she said, thank you. That ha- oh that God. alone made me laugh. I'm like, you never had cancer to have to okay, be cancer free. Okay. Thank you. I was like, I wanted to know your thoughts about that because that I like that actually pissed me off. I right. was like, yeah, we are all, if you've never had cancer, cancer, everybody's fucking cancer free, but that's not what being cancer free means. Mm-hmm. You piece of shit. Yes. Thinking that you might have cancer and not actually having this cancer. This is the same thing that, you know, uh, Kim Zolciak said. And it's yes. the same thing that, uh, what was, who else did that? Oh, oh Peggy Suleiman. She thought she might get cancer. So she got her boobs taken out. Yeah. Mastectomy done. And then she said that she was cancer free. And they were like, oh, she had to go through chemo and blah, blah, blah. And all something. She just made it up like it was a cancer surgery. No. You were afraid. You found out you had a, a, a mutation. You thought you might be getting cancer and you got your boobs out. That's not the same as having the cancer. Yes. It's not you. the same. Similarly, just because you could have some fibroids in your uh, uh, in your ovaries and now the fibroids, if unchecked and if they grow too big, in rare cases, might you might have to get them, you know, operated upon or you might have to do a hysterectomy. Does not mean that you will need hysterectomy. This is that serious. Or, and then finally, taking your lady parts out doesn't mean you become less of a lady. Coming from a hysteric sister here, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I am still the bitch I was before the ovaries were removed. Hysteric sister. (laughs) That's what we call ourselves. Hysteric sister. (laughs) Did you not know that? No. Once you have a hysterectomy, you find other people who have had hysterectomies, and now you're all going through menopause and early menopause, which is not <laughs> the right time. You're in your th- you are in your 35 and 40s, and now you're going through menopause, and people don't understand you, so you're extra bitchy, and you're hyster sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you're welcome. See. <laughs> 
You learned something from us. This is an educational podcast. Yeah, it's just like, but also like we, Mia's. We should earn a, like a pod award in educational sense. Not, <laughs> not reality TV. Yeah, honestly. Okay, I was going to say we're the most educational, but we're not. I'd say like the Bravo docket is because they're like actual uh, yeah. lawyers. Yeah, I mean, Sessie and Angela. Sessie and Angela. Our, award, our imaginary pod award. <laughs> We came up with a we came up with a award to give ourselves, and then immediately was like, you know, no. there's somebody better. <laughs> um, I just I like love Mia's inability to like complete a full sentence and or thought. I just I'm obsessed with it. I think it's so fucking it's so funny. funny. And I was obsessed with Wendy just sitting back and laughing the whole okay. <laughs> whole reunion. <laughs> Wendy was like literally laughing at me about everything, her health, everything. And I'm like, you cannot help it when you're being so dumb. I'm it's, sorry. It's a, I know well, you. She gets, it's a big deal, but I'm sorry. It's funny. It, it, even when they try to call Wendy out about like calling me a liar, Wendy's like, yeah, "Yeah, I do think that she's a liar. I just was trying to say like, I you should have some more sympathy." Yeah, she's like, "I'm not gonna say it to her face," but it's just so funny. Wendy getting so mad and like getting so aggressive with Wendy, or sorry, M- Mia Robin. getting so aggressive mm-hmm. with Wendy. Mm-hmm. Like Mia at the reunion is like, "Oh, I'm sorry that my ho- my opportunist husband didn't come wheeling me out in a, in a hospital bed or whatever." And she's like, "Okay, I'm sorry that my husband came at 5 a.m." She's like, "I hope that your next husband." <laughs> and and Mia is like, "Maybe he will." Like Mia is not even denying it. That made me laugh. I was like, Mia, you're so dumb. <clears throat> and he's not opportunistic husband. He's called Happy Eddie. He's Happy Eddie. LLC. Yeah, happy Eddie is happy to come at 5 a.m. So what? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Gloomy business- Gordon doesn't come. So what? <laughs> Gloomy Gordon. <laughs> it's actually geriatric Gordon. Um, so they talk about Mia's business and money issues. And one of the things that made me laugh in this the most was that Mia thinks having multiple rental properties is the same as owning, like, as being a landlord. Okay. I, I the think, fact I think was she, that she had multiple rental properties that she lost. She just listed all the properties that she had to give up. She was yes. listing them like she was still owning them, but no, she had to give up. Wait, but I don't think that she owned those places. No. I think that she rented all of them. Yes. And that's the thing that was making me laugh. I was like, you rented all those places, but she says like we had multiple rental properties. That's not impressive. <laughs> Stupid. Maybe she went that she had properties that she rent out. That no, would be So I thought that that's what she may have yeah. meant, but the more she described the different properties that they right. rented, I was like, you don't know what a rental property is. <laughs> a rental property is a property that you own that you rent out to somebody. But that's not what – because they were like, they were like, oh, you were renting this house, right? And she goes, we we actually have multiple rental properties. I was like, babe, no. that's not what a rental property is. It's not a house that you rent. <laughs> it's a house that you put up for rent. <laughs> <laughs> so – did you now you are the I was listening to her explain these things. Mm. You are the work with a board. Mm. You are higher up in the corporate world with more experience to than which I. she was saying was actually 
right, but the way she was saying okay, it was wrong. Okay, can you explain it to me? Yes. So you have your board of directors. So she has eight board of directors on her board. Now, board of directors can be, um, you could have managing board of directors with rights, and then you could have um, that are part of the operations, and then you have the rest of the board that is giving more advisors, okay? They may not have equity. They may not get paid to be on the board. They may just be doing it because they want they they're doing it because they are advising the company so it all depends okay. on what their role is and what and all the officers in the company you have to come up with an operation uh, operating um uh, uh statement where, where you tell the board what each of the board of directors what is their role sometimes they have a board seat because they invested in your company but the amount mm-hmm. will be very small so they don't have any rights as to um, a voting rights or anything of that sort. Um, they will get a payout when the company sells, but they don't really manage the company. They don't have the rights to manage the company. So okay. what she's saying is that they had um, managing right, board rights for Gordon and his brother, and they voted in a third person who was probably the guy who had who was the heavy hitter and put in yeah. more money. So he was asking for a board seat. So he was saying, I want management control. I want a management mm. controlling board seat. So they voted him in, but that stressed out his brother or thought his brother thought that maybe Gordon and Mia did that without consent or they were doing it. Yeah. They were strong arming the brother to do that. So the brother said, no, you are trying to push me out because my share would be lesser or my rights would be lesser. I would not have a say in the company. So how the company grows. So now I'm going to push you out instead. So what he did was to push them out, he took control of the operations of the company and locked them out of their bank accounts and all of that because he has the right to do so. And he did that. So yeah. he, they, he was strong arming them back. So what happened in the end was that they lost access to money. They probably lost the Virginia investor who said, oh, this is too messy. One of the partners is not interested, so I'm not going to be part of it. So the whole thing fell apart. That doesn't mean that she doesn't have a voting right. She has a voting right. Like she said, I may have 50% of the company or even 70% of the company, but my vote is just one vote. It doesn't Mm. have extra power to it for this purpose. So it's how you split off, you know, operations and what rights you have and what a person, what, how much a vote can carry, right? How much weight can a vote carry? All of that is in the operation operating agreement. And in the operating agreement, she didn't have nothing more than a vote. And she does have ownership in terms of equity. So when they do sell the um, business, she'll get some money back. But until they sell the business, she has lost her right to push to sell the business. So Uh, the only way she can do it is litigate, litigate, litigate. And that will be a pain in the ass for her um, brother-in-law to deal with. And he might then go back and say, okay, you know what? I'll give you your share. Take it and go with it, right? So they split it up. Yeah, I think that's what it sounded like. She said that at the end, she's just going to buy, like sell her part of it, take the money and count their losses and move on. And she was right, managing partner and right. And they can sit on the board also. So when you ask board board of directors, she's going to keep saying eight. But if you ask her managing director, then she's going to say three. 
or Three. two. Yeah. So she's yeah. like going by the by the words and the titles, and that is confusing to that group because they're like, okay, so why? Yeah, they're like, what the fuck? Gordon was about? out. You were still there. Yeah. Why couldn't you do something? But her, she didn't have the rights. Gordon had the rights, but she didn't because she said there were only two managing directors, him, Gordon, and his brother. So she yes. has shares in the company, but she didn't have the right. She was just an employee of the company as a CEO or as a whatever. She said something her role like she was. used to do marketing for the company. For it the- doesn't matter what your thing is. They can des- designate it as a woman-owned company, but adding her name and making yeah. her the CEO and saying a women-led company. Yeah, they that's could have what done I any thought too. Those, right? Yes. So they might have done something like that to get a certificate. So she is on the thing. She has a small right, but essentially she was being a p- paid a salary to be a CEO of the company, and Gordon was managing the business. Did you feel like there was some embezzle adjacent? Wait, that part, I I was so incensed. Like, you could see uh, Karen's face. Karen was like, oh, my God, Giselle didn't just say that. Because you cannot say that. If Gordon was in the room, he would have lost it. Because you don't say that about a business and claim somebody was embezzling money on national TV like that and get away with it. And when... She asked uh, Mia the question and Mia didn't even flinch and she didn't even know how to answer it. So Mia went down in a rambling path and then Giselle, I think, immediately realized that she had she shouldn't have done what she did. So she backed up from it and said, you explained it to me. Now I understand. But that's what I was asking. But that now I understand. And she backed up quickly because you could see everybody take a deep breath and like, oh, shit, you shouldn't have said that. Right. Yeah. Because you could be sued for defamation. So she she keep but Giselle keeps saying something like getting ahead of it. She's getting ahead of it, which is like the shit that we say about like Erica Jane. Mm. It's a shit that we say about like Jen Shaw. You know what I mean? So no, I feel like if Giselle, she, if they embezzled money and if his her his brother and brother wants to go after them for that, he will go after them. And whatever she does, it won't matter. Well, I think what Giselle is doing is setting up next next season for uh. Mia and her to go head to head. Yeah, I I was surprised how well, all through this season, Robin, Giselle, and Ashley propped up Mia, right? They gave yes. her a false sense of security. Now that she's yes. lost all her money and everything, they probably hear a lot of rumors um, yes. about how they lost their money and what's going on. And they are all still friends with Jacqueline, don't forget. So they are all hearing from the the backside of this all these stories. And you... They were they dropped her like hot potato. They were all laughing at her this episode. Every one yes. of them, not one of them was supportive of her. Yeah. Everybody was laughing. Karen um, was the Karen was on uh, Karen and Candace were the only supporter because they kept quiet. They didn't and they didn't open their mouths. Oh, Candace was laughing. Candace did. Yeah. Um, okay, then we go to this, you know, obviously the Chris and Giselle stuff. We see this unseen footage of an apology that Chris sent texted to Giselle 10 minutes after the camera stopped rolling. And we get into Giselle versus Candace. And again, I thought Candace was doing quite well in this. Mm-hmm. Like she was really to the point. She was like calling him a sneaky link, yeah. saying that he groped somebody. That is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And then Giselle to be like, oh, that's what I heard. No, Giselle, you heard it. You repeated it in the van to Robin. Robin then says it in the confessional. And nobody should be listening to anything mm-hmm. Mia says. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. So yeah. Giselle, not everybody heard it. You yeah. heard it. And then you pushed Correct. that lie. Right. You put up this idea that 
that uh, that Candace was you know, unable to make her husband happy. So her husband was going to go and see if there was right. a possibility with Giselle. Right. And Candace was absolutely right. Giselle has a, a history of a lifetime of beautiful. She said to herself that she's used to men rubbing up on her. She's right. used to married men trying to get with her. And yeah. she thinks that Chris is one of those men. I think it was absolutely fucked up of her to do it. And I'm glad Giselle apologized. And I'm glad that Candace told yes. her to shove it up her ass. <laughs> I was so happy. And that's where the scene should have ended. I wish it did. <laughs> it did. It, it did. did not. Right after. So then it went into Candace's embryos. Giselle didn't know what the difference between embryos and eggs were. She's like, so what happens? So she has six babies. Like, what, what does six embryos mean? She didn't know. I was and very I was shocked. Like, oh. I was like, oh, God. I was like, Giselle. Maybe we should not call surprising. Grace. Maybe that's when you should bring Grace in to explain. No, but this. I think that is why her daughters don't know anything about <laughs> <laughs> any of it. And then, yeah. and then Candace. Right after that, they go back to the Candace and Giselle issue, and Candace is like, "You had a whole story about your hysterectomy that you could have." Instead of saying you had a whole storyline about your hysterectomy that you could have leaned into, you came. And leaned into my marriage. But instead... Which is, again, stop. Stop right there. Enough. Candace, you're doing great. You're doing awesome. Yeah. But Candace always... Candace always goes goes one step too far. She calls Giselle's uterus a dwindling uterus. Yes. And, you know, from a dwindling uterus, (laughs) non-existent history sister again. (laughs) I did on have a dwindling. Of, I had a dwindling half of uterus. dwindling uteruses everywhere. <laughs> I had dwindling uterus and I discarded it, and now I'm a hister sister. I think Giselle, you know, Candace, don't knock this until you are finally there because it gives you a freedom that you never thought you needed. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a person uh, who has been in that world, were you offended by Candace talking about uteruses that way? I wasn't only because I I like Candace and I think it's funny and I don't I don't um, I am not upset about my dwindling uterus and so mm-hmm. for me um, hysterectomy and uh, uterus it, you know once you have had your kids like Giselle has. She, mm-hmm. ha- she doesn't have any plans of having more kids. I mm-hmm. think um, having a hysterectomy does not diminish your, you know, being a womanhood, f- womanhood in any way. So yes. for me, having experienced all that, I didn't think it was a big deal at all. I thought it was funny. But again, for somebody who may be going through fertility issues yes. or somebody who may have to have lost their uterus before they could have their kid and that they are thinking of that in those terms, that may be a little bit of a trigger and I can understand where they're coming from because it's a fertility issue. It's not so much about the uterus not functioning. Um, so that, that can certainly be. So Candace saying that, I would not have said it. Definitely not on national TV. I would definitely not to somebody um, that will use it and take it and run with it, right? Now, yeah. if, if Giselle goes into next season and starts trying to have a baby with Jason just to talk about her uterus and how she doesn't have a uterus now wish she wishes she could have had a baby now with Jason I will kill her now that will be irritating wait one thing I also forgot like is that- Ramona 
want to if that fake you know the fake baby that used to show up in all of the real housewife show if yes. that baby shows up on Potomac, I will stop watching that show. And this is my well, we already one. had some some of that conversation like two seasons ago, where where Juan was like, "Robin, let's have a daughter." Yeah, <laughs> but the two most lackluster people <laughs> thinking that they're gonna have a kid, and we're like, nobody believes this. Speaking of Robin, it, I forgot to mention this. Robin saying, "Let's just admit that a married man." <laughs> Going into a hotel room with another woman is a problem. I was like, babe, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so glad they got that. You know, you know who's right. supposed to have the Kermit looking at Kermit picture, you know? That's what it is. Like, you need to look in the mirror. Oh my God. You cannot be saying that with a straight face when you know that this is coming down the pike. I don't think that she did, though. That's I think she I did, think. though, because remember when they go into Robin and when um, um, uh, Andy went into Robin and Giselle's room yes. and Andy said, is there anything um, that you are worried about today or anything? They both had the like a weird look on their faces, like they were hiding something. And then Giselle was like, no, no. And they're looking away from him. And I'm like, oh, so you knew something was coming down the pipe. I Okay, this is conspiracy theory hats. Everybody mm. put on their tin hats. Here's what I think. I started to think to myself, did Giselle come on camera and make up this whole thing in order to mm. distract because she knew what oh, happened with Robin and Juan and this girl at the Cambria 100%. Suites next to the BWI airport. 100%. <laughs> because because Robin said she she thought it was going to come because this woman had been reaching out to all the housewives. Yes. So she thought somebody's going to bring it up. And Giselle and Robin put this up to combat that. They wanted to go after... Um, Candace and Wendy because they knew that Candace and Wendy were the ones that would come after them, right? Yes. Nobody else would have brought it up. Ashley wouldn't have brought it up. So she, they knew that Candace and Wendy were the people that might bring this rumor up. And so they went after those guys, those two and their husbands. Absolutely. Why do you think Candace and Wendy are mad? Yes. Not me. I'm not mad. I think it's all perfectly Very fine. Entertaining. That it all came out this way. I'm okay with it. I don't care where my entertainment comes from. I don't care that Bravo didn't make money off of that storyline. I really don't yeah. care. Yeah. I am I'm entertained, and that's all I care about. Very entertaining. Very. In the words of, what is it, Candy, uh, Candy Burris's aunt, who's the aunt, Bertha, mm -hmm. who says Todd set, set this up with the bullshit. Giselle set this up. up with the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> with the bullshit. Yes. Um, I love them. I, like, I do too. I, okay, so recently Nicole, Dr. Nicole from <laughs> Noah just came and closed the door. He was like, that's enough. I've been hearing about these people for weeks. <laughs> he came and closed the office door. Um, so uh, Dr. Nicole from Miami said something about her cast. And she said that it is getting to the point where they feel like they maybe like they have love for each other. But she's like, but sometimes when things are said where you – hate the person that you're working with, it's hard to continue filming with them. Mm -hmm. I worry about that with Potomac because like while I think uh, Karen mm -hmm. hates certain parts of Giselle mm -hmm. and Ashley and all the shit that they say, whatever, I think Karen is secure enough in her place as a housewife where mm -hmm. she's not worried about that. I think 
Candace and also Karen has nothing to lose. Yeah. Candace and Wendy have too much to lose. And I worry that they hate those other women too much to want to film with them. I worry about the show because I love this. I love this whole cast so much. And I, I love so the much cast right that. now, the way it it's is so set up. good. I love it. But I, I hear what you're saying that next season, if Candace and Wendy go too far with a pushback and they don't, they are not able to forgive these women and move forward, um, then it would sort of kill the vibe. But yes. I think from what I see, with Candace sitting next to, uh, next to Mia and on that couch and Wendy sitting next to Giselle and Ashley on this couch and they're laughing and they're talking. Yeah. I think uh, Wendy and Candace are here to play. I think they are yeah. here to say, look, we are going to elevate this show and it, this is all we are going to do is just, you know, call them out for their fakeness. That's what we are going to do. And then the rest, they can continue to be fake, but we have found a groove. I think they both have found their groove and they're going to continue to do that. What, the, at least Wendy is going to. Wendy came in here to play and Wendy is going to, Wendy is slowly getting into her groove of getting out of the professorship and yeah. finding the right balance. So Wendy is getting there. I think Candace is also now, Candace looks at us, looks at it as um, following on the footsteps of Candy Burris. So mm-hmm. she's she sees how Candy puts up with a lot of shit, but knows how to leverage the show. And mm. I think Candace is going to follow that, you know, that formula. And she's, I think she's trying to do that. Now, will Chris and Candace make it alive? from all of this tension and are they going to be okay with like Candace, uh, Candy and Todd are that's that that's that, hard to tell yeah that's hard to tell the only reason I think Candace might leave the show is if it affects her marriage yeah I, I think, think so she would too. put her marriage first yeah I think so too yeah so I think that's the only reason that she might move away from it but this yeah. was this was fun I, I enjoyed every bit of Karen sitting there pursing her face every expression Karen made was perfectly fine I loved it um when Andy asked her how do you feel about Robin's wedding she was she was like I'm happy I'm happy for it and Robin was like I doubt it and Karen was like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh she's like yeah sure I love her Uh, Um, I think Robin and Karen going at are going to go at each other um, next season, I think I Ro- Karen that. just rubs Robin the wrong way so bad that she's so bad enough, bad enough for uh, Robin to bring Sharice along everywhere she goes to irritate Karen. I think everybody rubs Robin the wrong way. If you rub Robin the wrong way, you are rubbing her all the way the wrong way. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to unrub Robin or rub her the right way. Like I think that you're just one has tried. It didn't work. <laughs> And Chris was like, yeah, so you it's wrong for me to be in a room, but it's okay for Juan to be there. Let me go pay for some random. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If if Chris Bassett had offered to pay for Giselle's room, would that make it better? I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know. What was um, the other? There Andy, was another piece of news that came out. I'm trying to remember something. Oh, it's that Eminem is suing Ooh, the yes. Green Eyed Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my husband is like a huge Eminem fan, uh-huh. right? Loves Eminem. Uh-huh. It's like a part of his life that I just like 
ignore because I'm like, you know what? I put up with him. Why? I love Eminem too. I'm fine with him. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like when that came up, I sent him a text. First, I sent him a gift that said emergency. Uh He was like, is everything okay? And I was like, Eminem is getting sued by – Eminem is suing a pair of housewives. And he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I sent it to my brother Raheel too. And Raheel said, our favorites, the Green Eyed Bandits, right? And I said, yes. (laughs) Apparently he has he's trademarked shady like nobody else can be shady. <laughs> you should be suing the entire Atlanta and new, you know entire Atlanta and Potomac you know franchises. What I'm, gonna, it's I'm like, gonna trademark chai and tea. So every time they like, spill tea, they do anything tea related. It's gonna be mine. <laughs> yes, exactly. So stupid. <laughs> but um, I, it was so. It was not just that. It was the way he they write the uh, the. The font and how it's written, all of that is very similar to his. What okay, he has I think it's hilarious. Okay, obviously, I think that I think Eminem's daughter Haley, she's like in her twenties now. I'm yeah. sure she hates the Green Eyed Bandits. She's probably a huge <laughs> Candace fan. Oh, Candace big- is going to do a uh, do a <laughs> record with the Eminem. Collaboration with Eminem next season. That would be hilarious. She was like, "I got that bitch, Trina." Okay. <laughs> I'm getting Slim Shady, the real Slim Shady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, about reasonably shady. So funny. <laughs> okay, I will say Andy made a really good point about like as a viewer, it seems like some sort of bizarre Victorian thing that like a man going into a room with another oh, yeah. woman. Oh my goodness! Like you're both adults. I've, Calm I've the fuck noticed down. that, um, and this is maybe uh, maybe I'm ma- doing the wrong commentary, but I've noticed that from a lot of. My black co-workers say that too. They'll be like, they are very careful. They'll be like, no, I was at the bar and then he came and he's married. So I'm not going to sit at the bar drinking. And so maybe it's like a cultural thing, Maybe it's a cultural thing. Because I've noticed Atlanta says girls do that too. So I'm like, maybe it's a cultural thing because I've noticed I'm like, no, I was at the bar. Another person came. He may or may not be married. He's just sitting there drinking another drink with me. Having a conversation, I don't take it as something serious. I don't find it ob- objectionable. I don't think too much about it. I don't think about it before I talk to another person who may be married. But I have noticed my black coworker; she will not do that, and she'll be very particular about it. And my um, my, you know, there are other black uh, men in my workplace too that they will not. They will be very careful about how they who they sit with and how they talk and how if they are alone with another woman they'll always pull some a third person into the conversation and i'm like is this something cultural i don't understand it. well that makes what juan dixon does even more questionable <laughs> that's true very shady. if it is cultural then it is yeah yeah not reasonable at all very not shady. reasonable at all very shady very shady and not what did she say he was he was being stupid so when one does that and actually spends money on a, a strange woman, it's stupid. But if Chris says, hey, can I talk to you in private? He's a predator. Because he doesn't want to have a big showdown in front of everybody else, then that's crazy. He's okay. a predator, yes. And, okay, and, it, and Giselle did that thing where she was like, oh, he apologized. That means he admitted it. I'm like, oh, this is what you right. wanted the whole time. This is what you wanted the and, whole time. And Candace was right. He he apologized right away and you responded and you knew that he had apologized, yet you brought it up on camera months later. Yes, correct. Hilarious. 
Okay, let's quickly talk about family karma. Not a lot happened in the rest of the episode. The very beginning of the episode was the best part where we have this showdown. I was surprised they went straight into that so and they gave so much um, time and energy to that. And I was so happy they did that. Yeah, so Lavina. I think everybody was vindicated. Everybody yes. was vindicated. <laughs> Auntie Lavina, Uncle Suresh. Nicholas mm-hmm. and Amrit go and sit down. And everybody has been in their feelings. That's all that happened. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like um, – oh, did you feel like Lavina was like your mom or did you feel like you were Lavina? <laughs> I was Lavina. <laughs> but I also – my mom would also be like yes, Lavina. Yes. My mom and I are very similar. Um in in our attitude, we are almost the same person. We think alike and we get emotional the same way. And, uh, <laughs> we use our love as our weapon to keep our loved ones real close and not let go. We are all, both of us are Cancerians too. We are crabs. Mm-hmm. So we ha- hold on to people that we love and we will put up with all kinds of shit to keep them in our lives because we love them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love I love the scene. I'm I mean, and Nicholas is interesting. I think part of it is that he's having a private experience. I think that he is feeling right. some sort of level of insecurity because Amrit's parents are doing so much. But I mm-hmm. think that he also feels like when parents when parents do this much in Indian culture, you are required as a child to give all of your life to them because mm. our parents are conditional humans like even Mm. if they i know my parents love me unconditionally but there's a lot of conditions before the unconditional stuff happens you know what i mean (laughs) like they love me unconditionally with conditions if that makes sense right (laughs) you know they will do go out of the if you were a complete asshole to them you would still get this love you will still get everything you get from them but they would be completely unhappy with you and they would, you know, they would keep crying. They would remind you. Upset. Yeah. They'll remind you of it all the time. The problem is when you are not an asshole and you still get that kind of, you feel the pressure to be even nicer than you usually are. You cannot be yourself because you have to be extra nice because you're trying, you have been, con- you have been conditioned to be more respectful and to be more lovable by them. So it, it's, um, it's it's a conditioning of conditions or whatever that yes. is. So it's very confusing. But um, but in in that sense, I think you're right. Nicholas was having a private experience. He, what he said to Lavina, he should say to his parents. Yes. And everything he meant, he was actually talking about it towards his parents. Now, if he thinks Lavina is imposing, has all these Indian culture that she's interested in and she's gonna uh he has to put up with it and he feels overwhelmed wait until you guys have a baby yes. okay oh my god it's not your baby it's their baby and you are not going to have much of a say and so everything from how much the baby eats to what it eats to how you reprimand the baby to how you feed the baby or how you you know teach the baby whatever homework everything is going to be it's going you are going to hear yes from them exactly. about how to parent yeah yeah and uh, you and it will come from a place of love so you won't be able to refute it either it will never come from a place of malice that's the problem if it came from a place to control you then you could rebel against it but they truly don't know that they're doing it 
they truly say it because they're truly loving you. So it, that's what makes it harder. I also think that it's important to note that like, again, Lavina said something like there of, no, we have to show everybody what this looks like. Mm-hmm. We have to have these conversations. It's okay that we're arguing. It's okay that we're fighting. I think that there is a lot of pressure on these two about mm-hmm. the about uh, being like the first gay Indian couple or Indian marriage on TV. I think so. And, and I, I think even like- more on the parents too because they – to be – more accepting and be that ideal gay parent yes. but gay indian parent um too and i think there's a lot of eyes on this show now in india too like yeah. there's it's not just in the u.s it's beyond here but i think that makes me nervous for amrit and nicholas because that's a lot of pressure for your marriage to have mm-hmm. because now right. you are the poster child so um our friend of the podcast uh Megan Shaw she messaged me and she mm-hmm. mentioned how I did you ever watch the real world uh homecoming stuff the New Orleans no stuff? I okay. didn't no so on real world New Orleans was this guy um oh my god I'm completely Danny and he was like mm-hmm. this gorgeous gay man and he was in a relationship with a a, a secretly gay person a person who was not out a, a man yeah. uh, named Paul and he was in the army and that was a really big mm. deal because this was during Do- Don't Ask Don't Tell right. in the early 2000s right. and so in Homecoming he talked about that Danny talked about it and he said, he said that I think that I was in a relationship with Paul for five years too long because I had this pressure of this is what like now I'm in magazines and everybody knows about me and now there's all this pressure on a relationship because we are the first gay couple to be like in right. this situation. And I think right. that with Amrit, I worry about that with him and Nicholas because doing the the wedding on camera and doing all these things on camera and talking about having babies on camera, like they're now becoming sort of this like poster child of what an ideal gay parent is or a gay child is or a gay Indian wedding is. And it's that's that's too much pressure. I mean, they for got they beings. were nominated for Glad yes. Awards. I mean, the show was nominated, which for is Glad amazing. Awards, and that's not a but. That's amazing. But at the same time, you're right. It's a lot of pressure because now you have to be in this relationship and make it a success, despite any other issues you might have. So I'm hoping that they continue. They go to a lot of therapy yes. and they go to therapy with their parents. Also, I think they need to have group therapy so they can sort of modulate that. This kind of fame in this kind of a community, middle class, down to earth kind of community is rare. Yeah. So, uh, and they're all adjusting to that fame. You already see how some of their relationships are falling apart. Um, and so I think this is something that um, might affect them, that this is something that um, they need to be aware of and really pay attention to because. Nobody, there are people who haven't watched this show, but know of Nicholas and Amrit. Yes, exactly. And that's scary. Yes. Like that is, that should be something they, they need to really put in a lot of effort into their own lives. It just makes me worried for them. And it makes that thing that Anisha said to be very shady. She said it at Watch mm-hmm. It Happens, talk to me in 10 years or whatever. It's because mm-hmm. I think that that's too much pressure for a relationship to have. And hopefully that doesn't do anything. Hopefully they stay together yeah. and everything's fine. But I think for Nicholas, that's a lot because Amrit gets to go on TV and show how wonderful his family is, despite the fact that his family Correct. does still struggle. I mean, he brought up a good point. His mom <laughs> does still struggle with it, right? Yeah. He, his parents get to get vindication and vin- like not vindicated, but they, they, they get to be they get to be praised 
for this. Celebrated. Celebrated. Yes. Yes. And Nicholas's family is still kind of hidden and put aside for being right. Bigots. They are getting yeah. Amrit's parents are getting positive reinforcement uh, on the idea of gay marriage, whereas Nicholas's parents are not. And um they are not getting, uh, they don't want that attention, but also they probably are getting a lot of attention outside of the show for not supporting it. And so it's, they are probably struggling on a different level because they love uh, Nicholas and they, they do want to support. So it's, it's a whole spectrum of emotions that these guys need to go through to heal. And it's going to take a while, but uh, Nicholas needs to get out of the private experience and not, project on Lavina and Lavina needs to understand that um, if she wants to have that kind of experience go to your other son you have your other son who has a heterosexual marriage and has kids go focus on them yeah she was and you know not put so much pressure on Nicholas and Amrit when she said that thing about I don't want to be walking on eggshells with you I was like oh my god that is my mother yeah but I was also happy that she brought it up right away and said it yes Instead of actually walking on eggshells and not saying Because that's what our moms would do. Yeah. Our moms, are. it's not that they would not, they would not have the same feeling, but they would keep it inside them and they would walk on eggshells and that would come off as passive aggressive to us. Yes. So then it just perpetuates the issue. I I think I was happy that she did say that I want to be myself around you and know that regardless of what I say, I still love you. Yeah. And I think that is important. And I thought it was important that Suresh, right? Yeah. Um, he, he didn't back down. No. He still was like, no, what we did, we came from this perspective. You cannot blame us. You cannot put all these other meaning to what we say. Yeah. And he was open about it. He's like, she has every right to go through the situation the way she wants to go through. And she chose to show it on camera. You cannot make her feel guilty about it. Yeah. She has come through and she's shown you so much more love. So you need to. You need to look beyond that moment that was captured on TV. I think also there is this like thing of uh, ultimately these are two sets of parents who love their children, but mm-hmm. they Umrit's family get Umrit's family was cast on a television show, mm-hmm. and they belong to a very different community. And it's a liberal community. It's a wealthy community. There is another family with an openly gay child with the Mm -hmm. Bedales, right? So I think Mm -hmm. we're looking at a different community, a different level of acceptance, but also because they have a different level of support. Mm -hmm. Nicholas doesn't come from that. And I think that that kind of – it's. I'm not trying to make excuses for like Nicholas's – potentially like bigoted homophobic family like it his sister didn't come like all these other people didn't come right obviously there's a a real fucking problem there but a a big part of that was they keep saying we don't want to be on camera we don't want to be on television and i think that the the fact that like i don't know i just i really i keep harping on it because i feel like them doing all of this on camera and kind of not and saying to like saying to Nicholas's family, like, we're still gonna do it on camera. You just have to kind of deal with it. It's mm-hmm. like again, like it's an Indian wedding, it's Indian stuff, it's for this Indian show, it's for this Indian community, it's all this stuff. And it's like Nicholas's family just had one ask. And like you guys yeah. didn't do that. Like, I don't know. I right. just feel right. Right. I right. There's that flip side too, but they could have uh, they could have done what, you know, um, a lot of inter inter 
racial or intercommunity um, marriages, we do that, uh, have an Indian wedding and have an American wedding. Yes. <laughs> have a proper wedding that is just uh, private and in your own, uh, have one for Nicholas too, well, have Nicholas's another one. Well, family is not going to pay for it. <laughs> yes. And Nicholas true. has quit his job. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, they had this. Okay, so they had this. Okay, then, Nicholas, you better just suck it up yeah, then, exactly. baby. Because there's nothing you can do about it. But you could have had a reception or something that is just with his parents. And I think they did. Yeah. Which is, you know, th- that's all they could do. And um, um, at the Sangeet, it was really funny. Um, So they have the Sangeet and, like, everybody's doing dances. But then they did, like, the lar- like the wide shot of, like, the courtyard. I saw, like, mm-hmm. a crate and barrel. And it made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> it was a crate and barrel on one side. And there was a salon across the street. It was like literally on the front lawn of this hotel. But the front lawn is right on the main street yes. or something. So there's like cars passing and there's like everybody can see it. And there's like stores and people shopping behind them. It was so weird. It was such a weird place. But I'm glad that the, at least in the near shots, nobody knew. And everybody seemed to enjoy how much did you enjoy Lopa putting on um, Vishal's clothes on for him? I just love that she treats him like an infant who doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't hate him, but I'm not unblocking him. We <laughs> 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 just love that he keeps trying to unblock himself, and she's like, nope, nope, no, thank you, not there yet. Um, <laughs> maybe in ten years, it'll take another ten years before Lopa's heart melts for you, Vishal. Yeah, I feel like maybe after. <laughs> They have a kid, maybe. Yeah, it might. Maybe, maybe even then. No, even then, I think the focus will be the kid. He, she, he is just a sperm donor. For but I think the only <laughs> reason that she would unblock his number is only to get communications about the kid. Oh, you know, okay. that's about it. No, she would actually put the um, put the babysitter's number <laughs> in her phone before she puts Vishal's <laughs> number yeah. in the phone. She's like, you're not taking care of the baby anyway. It's the babysitter. It's your mother. It's whoever, right? It's whoever is taking care of the baby. And that's who, the nanny. I'll put the nanny's number in my phone before I put yours. Yes, yeah. exactly. She's not going to do that. The other... Um, the other thing that was funny was uh, what you think. Not funny, but what was uh, what did you think about Monica's? Um, not Monica, but um, Bali's story. It's coming out of nowhere in the last two episodes, and I feel sad for Bali. I'm like, Bali, what is this? Like, was this? I want her to explain what happened with the house because she talks about it in such a traumatic way, and her daughter is crying too. Yeah. So it feels like. The ex-husband had originally dis- have, was originally supposed to pay for the daughter's school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he backed out of it and she was forced to sell the house that they co-own to be able to pay for her daughter's school. Uh, well, her daughter's 21. So I'm assuming her daughter has only a year or two left of school, right? Uh, yeah, In which so case I, I say, babe, that. take a student loan. Let's move on, right? Yeah. But... um. I think what ha- something happened that got her kicked out of the I house. I think what happened. I think what happened is that the husband, the ex-husband, probably owned that house and mm-hmm. decided to sell it because property was so being sold for such high numbers. Yeah, and he probably said something like, "I've already paid for her college, and so this is my right. My house is this name. This house is in my name. I'm going to sell the house." And she probably tried to plead him and fight with him and say, "No, please don't." 
And he probably said, don't fuck you. I'm going to pay for the house. I think what happened was what happened with Ashley Darby is that she never got alimony. Mm. Instead of alimony, she got this house that they co-owned. Oh, yeah. And once the child grew up, he didn't owe any alimony. The minute she turned into an adult, he kicked uh, Bali out of the house. Yeah, exactly. All she got from that husband uh, was um, this house. And now he kicked her out and uh, she didn't get anything out of that. Yeah. And I think that's why she's so traumatized is she didn't think that he would do that to her and he did. And I think Ashley should learn from this. I don't think Ashley's I think because he's, I think because he's in India and he had, there's no legal um, rights that um, the legal system here doesn't have any rights there. So I think whatever it was arrangement was for him to buy a house here, co-own a property here, and that way that was her alum, that that's all she got out of that wedding, that that marriage, and the girl and uh, taking care of the daughter. And then once the daughter was an adult, he stopped um, child support and he took the house back. Mm, yeah, it's possible. I was gonna say Ashley Darby doesn't watch Family Karma, but Ashley Darby's friends with. Brian Benny. Brian Benny. And yeah. Brian Benny said during one of like the cutaways, like, oh, I'm ready to, you know, first step is buy, I have my own place. Next step is a girlfriend, then maybe a couple of kids. And I was like, girlfriend and kids? There's one ready. There's one ready. <laughs> Ashley Darby. <laughs> yeah. TikTok your way into her heart. You know, can you imagine Ashley Darby cooking samosas with uh, Dharma? I feel like Ashley would be very happy. Ashley would be fair. Yeah, Ashley would be happy with them. She'd be so happy. I don't know if Dharma would be so nice to her because Dharma would be like, she's mm-hmm. old. Because <laughs> she thought Avni was too old and Avni's like I know. younger than I know. Ashley, I think. so. Yeah. And Dharma is looking at them as competition for her own. <laughs> she's like, they're too close to my age. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts about family karma? I know. That, that was it. That's all I... Um, enjoyed i know that people magazine outed or somebody paid six or somebody page outed six. um anita's husband so did that I. was already outed by you already so <laughs> were you the source did you make some money no i wish i was like girl if i, I it was if, the person, it was the person that sent you the picture man i wonder how much money they made on that <laughs> uh, see now you don't you thought that was creepy but now you're like oh, no i wish yeah I now i'm yeah kicking myself for not making a little cash <laughs> all right well that's it for this episode that was it this was fun I, I, next week nicholas tries to run away on the horse <laughs> i think the horse tries to run away from the indians for good reason <laughs> it's too loud too, the toll is too loud it's too yeah. loud i honestly i do feel like next week and this week could probably have been one episode we could have wrapped this whole season up but they're still not getting yeah, a reunion yeah but it's an indian wedding so they have to tire That's us true. out they're not getting a yeah. reunion either oh wow yeah they're not even putting That's them in like a bravo clubhouse oh not even a vanderpump style high stool no <laughs> that was a summer house style High stool. No, Amanda. Well, they used to do the high stools, but they used to at least get a proper reunion with a high stool. Yeah, summer house below deck, uh, (laughs) Southern charm. Those they all got their first reunion in on stools, and then last year, Family Karma got it on uh, like a Zoom call. Zoom. Yeah, but right now Anisha's on like Jordan, so I don't think that it's going to happen. Like, I don't know when the reunion would happen yeah. if they had one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, unless she's yeah. going to be zooming in from, like, Egypt. I don't know. But I don't know. 
I don't I don't think there's a reunion there. No. I don't think there's much to do a reunion about other than the rumors, blah, blah. I guess there was some. I want the aunties. But there was a lot of wedding stuff. Yeah. And they would have lied through all of it anyway. They wouldn't have shared the real yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that- But they should have had all the aunties at least. Yes. That's Yeah, exactly. But the they would have also would lied have through it. it proper. Yeah, but that would have been interesting. That's true. Their lies would have been like mixed in with a lot of colloquial Hindi, you know, phrases and it would have been fun to watch yeah that's true well that's it for this episode i'll be back uh later this week first to talk to ryan bailey about summer house of vanderpump rules what again that's ryan oh my well ryan's gonna come on my podcast he's gonna come here (gasps) now here's the thing i by the way so summer house and vanderpump rules are both on right now and they're both in the middle Mm -hmm. of the week so now i my thursday episodes are gonna be a series called the kids are not all right and it's just going to be talking about Vanderpump Kids and Summer House Kids. Because I feel like th- those, now those are bi-coastal yeah. shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> those are bi-coastal yeah. shows. So I feel like we need right. to talk about both of those idiots together. Right. Yeah. And, be and Jersey is flourishing and Miami is flourishing. New Jersey and, and then New Jersey and Miami will be covered for the Saturday episode. Are you are you are you going to do the romantics from Netflix? Are you so going to I did talk. talk about it with I, my brother and I watched it, and we do want to talk about it. But I don't know wh- when am I going to when 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 yes yeah I don't know <laughs> I'm just glad it's on me. <laughs>